When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. New Zealand in the box seat set Pakistan 317 to win. They've got eight wickets left to do it when we get to the last day. And part of the SCNZ call team for this is former Black Cap Richard Petrie. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. How you deal? How's the, how's the sleep deprivation? Uh, well, I'm still in bed, so that answers that question. <laughs> I was, I'm finding the little afternoon sort of nana naps very uh, essential. Yeah, yeah, no, nice. Did you pick that up from uh, from McCarty? Was that was that one of his key? Uh, this is how you get through this. No, no, it wasn't actually. I think he he's up early with kids, but mm. uh, I don't know how he copes. Yeah. Now, um, Richard, obviously you, you were part of the commentary team for the first test as well. Um, New Zealand looked to be more aggressive um, in terms of the way they're trying to play the game. Um, what have you made of the change of captaincy with Saudi taking over from Kane? Uh, yeah, good point. Uh, well, Kane's traditionally been reasonably conservative and, and certainly in New Zealand not a big man for, for bowling the spinners. You don't have too many options in Pakistan. You, you're going to bowl spinners. So look, I think he's done a reasonable job. I, d- I don't think it's easy. Uh, you've got sort of reasonably foreign conditions and uh, everything's very different. The pitch is, you know, kind of hard to read at times. But uh, I think Saudi's done a pretty good job. And I, I think it was a good idea to, to make a change of captain. I don't think having one captain doing all three formats. I just don't think anyone would have the energy for that. Uh, so I think it's a good move to split it up, that's for sure. It was interesting, I thought, ahead of this test match um, that, you know, we're in Karachi, we're in the subcontinent, and as you mentioned, we're loath to play spinners and tests at home. But we named three in the team, well, you know, two plus Michael Bracewell, who's more of an all-rounder, but uh, three in the team, and, and the home team really only named two, uh, or, or one, and a, one and a half, if you like. Were you surprised at that? <laughs> Well, I think I think ironically, uh, Pakistan misread the conditions a little bit. There's certainly more grass on it than the first Test match. And I was listening to the Pakistan uh, commentators on the TV, when um, one of them was saying, you know, I think there'll be 12 wickets today. Um, I just think they're not used to seeing grass on their wickets. Uh, there was no way there was going to be 12 wickets on it. You know, all it's done is hold together a little bit, you know, better earlier on. But I, I never saw it was going to be too much different. I mean, it was a bit more bounce in it, sure. But uh, no, I think I think they misread it, really. 
I think that was Waka Eunice. Uh, I saw some footage of him uh, before the toss going to Southie and saying, oh, yeah, there's some water on top of the top of the surface, <laughs> trying to suck him into to bowling first. But uh, he, didn't, he didn't buy that trick, and, and they've got off to a fantastic start, I guess, in the first four days so far. Um, with Daryl Mitchell getting in, uh, well, obviously being away from the ground and being sick, it gave uh, Blundell and Bracewell a really good opportunity uh, last night to show show what they can do in the middle order. Uh, what impressed you the most about that partnership? Uh, well, I guess firstly, Blundell's luck. Uh, if anyone can have that much luck at a test match, he, he, he's been dropped a few times. Um, he played well. He did play well, but he was given quite a few chances. Um Bracewell did well because he was up against cities. I think he had a test average of 14 going into the settings. So I think we all know he's better than that. Um, but they, they played with really good intent. Uh, it's funny, isn't it, that pitch? Because at times it looked like it was almost unplayable with Henry Nichols and uh, even towards the end of uh, Cade Williamson's settings. It looked really, really tough. Uh, and then it seems like when Blundell and and uh, Bracewell were having a bit of a go. At, I would say it got easier, but in some respects, it seems like it's, you know, if, if you do it right, getting on the attack is not a bad thing. So just, just, their, just their intention and their, their positive, positiveness to set New Zealand up for a win, uh, I, think, I think they did really well, and they, they have set New Zealand up for a win, and uh, it's going to be an exciting day today. Um Really good observation there in terms of uh, talking about attacking seemed to look a little bit easier. My question was going to be around that. The declaration of 319 um, is... is kind of a, a little bit safe trying to save the draw, but from the sounds of it, um, would you say that it's it's going to be harder for them to, to defend on that wicket than attack? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I thought the day uh, the wicket did deteriorate yesterday, and that was the interesting thing for me. I think the bounce was a little bit more inconsistent than the day before. I think the pace was uh, a little bit more inconsistent. Um, it's always spun a bit. Um, so I, I think it's going to be very tough for Pakistan. Yeah, I think 318 or whatever it was was a reasonably conservative. I, you know, I, I kind of thought they would have a, a few more overs at them at the end of the day, maybe about eight or ten if they could. Um, I don't think there's any, any chance of Pakistan running this down because the wicket's becoming more unpredictable. Um, whether it's unpredictable enough to bowl them out, um, the answer's actually probably because they got two wickets last night, so they only need eight. But having said that, uh, I think there's six good batsmen in that Pakistan team, and then there's quite a long tail. So it may be that they need another five, uh, and if they get those five, then then the you know the final wickets might just fall over. So getting those getting those two wickets last night was obviously huge and makes a big difference. We've had a few uh, issues. I mean, like you know, it's been a reasonably positive test series. I think you've got to say from a New Zealand point of view. But we have a, had a few issues with the middle order. Um, Henry Nichols, uh, his average overseas, uh, particularly subcontinent, is around about 28, and he hasn't actually managed to score his average so far in either of these two tests. Um, do you think he's the right man for the job there, or would you like to see you know them, them look elsewhere, maybe Will Young, Topin and Devin Conway to, to bat four, or maybe Glenn Phillips to come in, something like that? Yeah, well, I think there's maybe a bigger issue, and that is that everybody in the team is over 30, 
um, and they're eighth on the Test Championship ladder. So they're kind of going nowhere on that Test Championship ladder, and yet they've got, you know, very much an ageing team. The two guys under 30 are Tickner and... Um, um, God, just name there. Phillips. Who's the... Phillips, that's right, yeah. and they're both sitting on the sidelines. So, look, they're going to have to they're going to have to make changes because you can't take a bunch of thirty year olds um, for a ride for the next three or four years. You, you're going to end up with uh, a completely new team all of a sudden. So, you know, I think if if anyone's out of form, they're in trouble because they need to start blooding younger guys and people like Phillips. If, if Phillips is your man, they need to start coming in now. Uh, it's not like we're in in the running for the Test Match World Championship final and we need to keep this team together. We've done that. We're now out the other side of that. And, and you know, it's, it's an older team. I'm not going to call them Dad's Army, but uh, they're certainly not the young guns. No, you're right on that front. Um, I, I guess... Um Leading into this Test Championship, and on that note, is that is that the direction you'd like to see the Black Caps go in in terms of the, for the next upcoming Test tours, even against England at home? Would you rather see them look towards the future as opposed to to the best players in the country? I think, yeah, I think I would. I think I would. I think I would. They they're going to need to start investing, and if you you know you're going to end up with a bunch of thirty year olds, you're going to end up with them all leaving it. You know, within three or four years, you know, I don't know how many of this team. You give it three years, how many of the team will be gone? Um, do you want to phase people in? Do you want to invest in people? The good countries tend to bring that they have a succession plan, and they tend to bring one or two people in over time, and and build them up. It takes time to become a good international cricketer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, are you investing in people who are averaging twenty eight? Or are you going to invest in someone who maybe averages 25, but they're 10 years younger? Um, I know what I'd be doing. So it's going to be an interesting time for the selectors. And, um, you know, and it may mean that you have to accept that you may lose a few series. You know, it may not be your best team. You are going to have to. You maybe you go back a little bit so that you can go forward, but you can't have a whole new team turning up in four years' time. Otherwise, we're going to be like the West Indies, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. And, and we don't want that to happen, mate. We don't want that to happen, especially with uh, the strength of the likes of the IPL and the CPL and the, you know, all those T20 comps that, you know, we're seeing some of those senior players now decide to take the money and run uh, at that point in their careers. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one, mate. Uh, Ish Sodi, we have been talking about him today. Um, he seems to be well and truly back in the frame. Do you think with an ODI World Cup, uh, given that he's now being back in T20s and he's now back in the test side, um, that he is back in the frame for that as well. Will we take a league spinner? To the one-day World Cup? Yeah. Well, he'd have to. He'd certainly have to put himself in the frame, doesn't he? He's, mm. he's bowled pretty well here. Uh, he's, he's, he's a bit different. He takes away. He's a leg spinner. He's got a top spinner. You know, he's got a googly. Uh, yeah, he must have put himself back in the frame. He's, he's done well, and he's... He's a confidence bowler, though, isn't he? When he's confident and when he's got support, when he starts well, he seems to he seems to go pretty well in one day and in this test match. Uh, I think the key thing with Sodi is you've got to support him. Um, you've got, he, and, and, but he's got to do something himself too. He's got to be able to get that confidence 
without having to rely on taking early wickets or without having to rely on things going his way early. He's got to be resilient in that even if things don't go his way, he still backs himself and he's... You know, we could see yesterday he was following through... Not, not yes, Yeah, it was probably yesterday and the day before, but when he's up, he follows through and he's putting his arm in the air every ball because he's going in, he's, he's being the hunter as mm. opposed to the hunted. Mm. And when he's when he's hunting and he's happy and he's he's loose and he's following through, like he was following through like a fast bowler, like Mitchell McClinigan. Um, and Just without the ground. As fast. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't run in as fast as you. Um, but when he's doing that, it's a sign that his his mind is right and mm. he's, he's in the hunt and he's in the fight and he's loose and he's happy and he's thinking about how do I get people out. He's not thinking about, I hope I don't get hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Richard, thanks very much for coming on uh, directly uh, directly from the bed to, uh, to talk to us today, mate. Go well with the, the call <laughs> on the last day. I hope it goes well and I hope you call a W for the New Zealand team. So, so, so do I. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Uh, Richard Petrie there with us, part of the SCNZ call team. You can tune in to hear Richard Petrie, Daniel McCarty and co. Uh, a little late, later this afternoon for day five.